Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, 
Welcome to the Scoop Radio Show. We are live and full effect and ready to have a great show tonight. I hope you are as well. Tonight we got a jam-packed show. Uh, we got a lot of deep stuff we're talking about tonight. Lord, have mercy. But So I hope you guys have um, are ready to go. As always, um, if you have any questions or comments, y'all, please feel free to give us a call uh, because we want to hear from you. Tonight's topic we're talking about, of course, we're going to have the news. Um, but tonight's topic, we're going to be talking about the Me, Me Too um, movement. Uh, we're talking about sexual assault. Uh, we're going in, so we want to hear from you. Um, also, we're going to have in the second hour, um, uh, Passion Talk with the Firestarters. She's going to be with us tonight. And, of course, Kel is going to give us the Scoop Nation Hot Topic. So, with that being said, let me say what's up to my people real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and get into this show. Uh, so, first, uh, the President and CEO, uh, soon to be newest winner on the Shark Tank, um, my favorite curvy kitten, Miss Kelly Johnson. What's going on, Kels? Hold on, let me give you a song. Hold on, let me give you Barry's there. Okay, Barry. There you go. I'm giving a base today. <laughs> okay, Barry. I'll take it. That was my bad wife today. How you doing today? I am doing great. Uh, just, you know, trying to be me and be productive and ready to get into this good old show tonight. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. That's what's up. We got plenty to do. Um, so let me say what's up, obviously, to our, to our uh, other um, favorite CEO of um, Elegance by Design slash Tingle Toes creator of the foot, um, the famous foot cream that makes you feel like you're floating on pillows and how your beard and your skin and your hair and your twisty looking uh, like, dang, uh, <laughs> Willis. what's going on, Q? How you doing? Hey, hey, I'm doing well, everybody. Y'all doing all right? Oh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Those of you who are um, new to the show today, we got something different going on. We had some tech difficulties in the school group. Um, so we are broadcasting live tonight from our new and uh, awesome Scoop Radio Show page. So if you are used to following us in the Scoop, I've shared it. Um, there, but all the live comments and good stuff is happening on the Scoop Radio Show page tonight. So, try something cool. new tonight. Welcome to all the new cool. new newbies. Mm-hmm. Cool. Also, yep. what's up to say hello to everybody who's watching live, whether you're watching um, or with, or with Kels, you with me, or you with Q. Um, definitely make sure with that, whatever, wherever you watch it, make sure that you put the comments. Uh, on the live, we will make sure that we get them on uh, on air. So, or we'll try to. So, all right, y'all ready to jump in? Let's go. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into this news um, real quick. Um, so, first up, um, we have uh, today um, in at Great Mills High School in Maryland, a 17-year-old male student shot two other students. Um, before the school resource office officer engaged him uh, and shot him. Um, so at 7.55 this morning, 
Um, the incident happened in the hallway before classes started. Um, the authorities say that Austin Rollins was his name, um, shot a female and a male student, and uh, somebody let the school resource officer know. He responded within minutes, and the story says that he um, he shot him. So um, later they did say that they pronounced that the shooter is deceased. Um, and so, yeah, so another, another we talked about last week, the school shootings. Um, so we had another one today uh, in Maryland. And, of course, this community is um, shaken up and upset and angry about that. So um, we definitely want to keep them, keep them in our thoughts and all of the good positive stuff that we do. So what are your thoughts about that, Q? I think it's tragic, um, to be honest with you, as as I did the last 50 million that we've discussed over the time that we've been on this show. Um, it's interesting that it happened in Maryland today. I was watching the news as I was getting ready for work, and they were discussing how important um, the gun industry is to the state, our 50 states. And they ranked the importance that guns held as far as the economy and overall enthusiasm. And it was said that Oklahoma is ranked number nine, but Maryland actually came in number 50. So it's ironic to me that this is where the next shooting happened to have been was in Maryland today. And it's just, you know, again, thoughts and prayers go out to the family and the victim's um, that are recovering and condolences. It's just, it's here we go again. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kel. Um, I mean, you know, it's not really much more we can say. We're shocked every time a a school shooting happens. It just seems like, you know, it's a trend, and we definitely don't want it, you know, to become so common. Um, right. No, definitely yes. We're our the families uh, are in our prayers and our thoughts, and I just I thought it was really um, I don't know. I'm still kind of on the fence about uh, them uh, stating that the shooter had a relationship with the female. So um, I'm, the female that he shot. So basically, this is a oh, what do they call it? Um, a passion crime or something like that too and it just they're so young and I don't know it just seems like there has to be something done about gun laws and how uh, we're treating these situations because I just think it's going to increase and that's scary and sad yep yeah and one story that I read it did say that they thought that he knew he knew the young lady or something like that so I thought that was um yeah, it's interesting, and I, I'm pretty, pretty interested to see again what we what we do. Um, yeah, so um, Ronnie Skinner says I think all of this is, tra- is a tragedy, but the approach has to be a village approach. We need to listen to the youth and give them a platform to be heard. They are in pain. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so we got another one. All right, y'all. Very, 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 very interesting and very, very, very sad um, that we had another one. Um, in other news, in other news, um, 
I shouldn't have chuckled at that, but um, that's not why I chuckled. In other news, self-driving car kills Arizona pedestrian. So Uber, for those who don't know, Uber has been um, working on this self-driving car. Uh, well, there was a woman in Tempe, Arizona, who was hit and killed, um, 49-year-old woman who was crossing the street uh, outside of the Mark Crosswalk, and she was hit and killed by a self-driving car. So since then, um, since this happened, Uber has halted its um, uh, self-driving car program um, to try to figure out what what's wrong and what they could do better, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I, I kind of, you know, I, I get that that's where we're going, but how is it? I think how is you know, yeah, I don't I don't know how we're gonna do that. Um, they said the uh, analyst said there'll be an exhaustive investigation. Uh, it is clear that this has potential to severely impact public perception of autonomous technology and handle with the utmost prudence by regulators, authorities, and the industry alike. So, yeah. So very interesting as to as to that. So, what are your thoughts on that one, Kel? Um, I mean. It's still fresh and kind of bizarre um, because, I mean, did the lady see the car? Was the car going too fast? I mean, I understand this is a self-driving car, and this is this could be a disadvantage of that because if somebody was behind the wheel, of course, they could hit the, you know, hit the brakes or swerve or something. So um, I'm not really that well-versed in these self-driving cars. They have some type of uh, sensor to know, you know, that they're – there can be accidents like this because next time it may be somebody, you know, what if it's somebody blind and they can't see the car, but um, I'm just trying to understand the whole, you know, the whole event. Um, yeah. Definitely is sad. Like who, and who's going to be in trouble for this? You know, like who's going to pay mm-hmm. for the yeah, Uber, a company itself. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's shocking. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the self-driving cars, yeah. yeah, we need a little bit more, uh, a little bit more testing before we, yeah, uh, yeah. try to make them confident. Yeah, what you think? Um, yeah, back to the drawing board. <laughs> like we really need to. <laughs> we this would be like open, um parking lot testing happening, you know, as doing this with real life people in the real life road with like no one else there to take over is dangerous. Yeah. Obviously. So um not really sure what was going on here. I've taken I've had car trouble over the weekend and I've had to actually take Uber to work the last two days and there's no way in hell I would have gotten in a vehicle with no actual person in the vehicle. (laughs) There's no way. You know, uh, no yeah. Yeah, not like I, I understand this. It's, it's new. Yeah, it's very new. It is very new, but I mean, at some point, I think we got it. We know that it's coming. So yeah, yeah. But I, I guess I'd be interested more to see to see more of what they did leading up to this. Like where you know when you see like the test test um testings for like crash testing, you know, you see these in a lab. So I'm. I'm, gonna, I'm hoping that they did that first and then they got to this point. I don't know, you know, again, enough for 
about that process, but it's still, yeah, something definitely needs to be wrong. Cause, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I can I can imagine, and in my, in my imagination, they, you know how like with uh, that that the car was probably looking for people within the walking path, and if she didn't, if she was outside of that walking path. I don't think that it was probably ready for for that. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All this vehicle, vehicular, artificial intelligence kind of worries me. The start and stop, the the automated start and stop. Well, the stopping, I think, is the more that that bothers me. You know, the new thing that they're saying that the car will see it and anticipate it for you and stop on a dime and all that stuff. That's just not always right. safe, you know, to just be randomly stopping on the <laughs> – I don't know. I just – I don't really know if every squirrel, every situation like that, just, I'm not sure. But, again, like you said, I don't know the super science behind it, just all the techie nuances of it, but it does – they. It's going to take them a while to get this generation totally on board with that because we're in that limbo. We're in that back-and-forth space. Our kids will probably be here for it, but I don't know if we will. So (laughs) it'll take us a while to give up our vehicles that we actually control to drive. Why? Too much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Too much. Taking the same thing. Too much. You know, we sound old when we start talking like that. You know that, right? That's why yeah. I said it, like, don't take a minute for us, but, you know, these young kids might be here for it. <laughs> the young And the <laughs> fact that you just used the term young kids. Right, right. It's happening. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. Let me, keep, let me keep it moving. Next story. So uh, have you guys heard? Um, so Diddy and Jay-Z are working on an app that will make finding black-owned businesses easier. Um, so Diddy says that he wants to develop an app that will allow users to find black-owned and black-friendly businesses in any given city or neighborhood. Uh, he says that he's been talking with fellow music mogul Jay-Z about the plan to start a uh, plan as part of their ongoing black excellence conversation. Diddy said in the article that he's not, uh, this is not about taking away from any other community, um, which currently, he says, uh, but so we'll still, what he said, it's about blacks gaining economic power. Um, so, yeah, he says he doesn't, I don't believe in passiveness. At some point, there has to be some kind of fight. I feel like we've done a lot of marching. It's time to start charging. Um, he says, Diddy also says that uh, we're into psychological warfare. He said the difference is we're not trying to hurt anyone. So, um, Q, what are your thoughts on on this? You know what my initial thoughts were on this. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I uh, come around a bit. Um, so my initial thoughts, for those of you, you know, everyone else doesn't know, I thought there's all, we already have this. And I wondered why um, – they wanted to create a new one as opposed to maybe uh, providing an incubator situation or a mentorship type situation to some of these already existing app owners that have buzz but need that extra push or that extra 
something to get them the exposure that they need. That was my initial thought. But, you know, you guys, I'm, I'm entrepreneur-minded, minded, and I, I'm aware that there are these types of things out here already. Um, I also recognize that something with Jay-Z and Diddy attached to it will get a considerable amount of push and might also provide a different type of platform for the already existing apps. People will start to search for right. these types of apps a different way. So I had to turn, you know, I had to think about it a little differently because my initial thought were like, okay, this is why some celebrity conversations and buzzes where we're doing it, you know, for the culture, for the people, kind of get the side eye because it wonders where the real motives lie because there are other opportunities that could have happened um, that could make a huge impact, more so than them adding another business to the resume, you know. So um, I'm kind of back and forth on that. I'm just, I will watch it, though. I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm really interested to see what they do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Kel? Um, yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Um, as Q, as, you know, how big of an impact is it going to have, what is, what's going to be different about it. Um, <clears throat> like we kind of discussed before, I'd rather them invest in, you know, small black-owned businesses that they're trying to make. If they're saying that their uh, strategy is to improve, you know, the black economic situation, then it just seems like it could be other things that they could do besides just an app with information that, you know, is already out there for us. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I agree. I don't. Go ahead, Kelly. I'm sorry. Oh no, just saying. I'll, I'll support it, but yeah, I want to know what you know what's going to be different. What is going to be so special about their information gathering? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the hard. The hard part is um, is that there's definitely, even though there is one, there's obviously you know we could have more than one, but I do agree. Um, like in our initial conversation when we talked about this. I mean, there could be a, it could be a, a good opportunity for them to, you know, get behind somebody else and do some marketing for it. You know, we don't, I don't, I don't know, but you know, I, I just think that one of the things that I'm, uh, I think we need a lot. There's a lot of stuff we need, and we need more than one app. So even if somebody mm-hmm. is, you know, creating one, is there a better one? Is there one that we could, you know, I don't know that we can improve on. I, I really don't know, but I think there's a lot of we got a lot of room for commerce and economy like that. So it's not like we're, um, you know, we're oversaturating the market in this area just yet. So I think yeah. it's cool. Um, and then we all know, you know, y'all know, everybody knows that Diddy does something. Diddy's going to promote the, he's going to promote it till Jesus come back. So um, and he's going to Harlem <laughs> shake. He's going to Harlem shake all over the, all over the TV for everybody to see, uh, to see him. So, I don't know. You know, again, he could he could just say, "Hey, I'm gonna get behind um, this one and, and market it for a, for a percentage," or he could say, "I'm gonna build one that's better." Whatever it is, we need it. That's all I know. We we need it. We need plenty of it. So let's keep building it. So I'm yep. for it. I'm for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a, look. Like you didn't say this part, but I'm gonna say it. The funniest part of our conversation was when when Q said when y'all talked about how y'all know they're gonna charge they're gonna charge us they, y'all gonna charge us they're gonna charge us for whatever it is. And I it's hollered. It's gonna, gonna be a fee. It's gonna be a fee. Right. 
When Jay and Diddy both attached to it, they charging entrepreneurs to list. They charging the customers to look. Like, it's going to be a fee. It's a, it'll be tiered, <laughs> but there will be a fee attached. <laughs> oh, no, <I'm> like, <laughs> I believe it. I ain't mad at them for charges either. No, my Apple VM, if I design, will have its face in the place. If I can have anything to do with it, we will be on that site. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm here right. for it. I'm telling you, he's going to be on there hard and shaking. He's going to be in there doing his thing. So, <laughs> he needs a pie. I get some pie. I know I, I can bake him a pie now. I ain't even worried about running it. You don't run, but I can show bake. I ain't got to go nowhere. <laughs> 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 All right, last one. Here we go. Move. We got to move on. Um, it's not coming up, but I remember what it says. So, employees of Taco Bell. Um, if you are an employee of Taco Bell, they are offering. They now uh, are partnering with. I can't remember the name of the company because the story's not coming up. They're partnering with a firm uh, to help offer their employees um, scholarships to go back to school. Um, so they're offering each employee, I believe it was a $5,250 a year um, scholarship or financial assistance to help them further their education. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and so I wanted to, um, to send a shout out to, to Taco Bell for that. That's a pretty cool thing that they're doing. So. There right. you go. Yep. Kels, you got stuff on that? Wait, <laughs> Wait, did it say two hundred and fifty dollars? I don't read that part. No, I got that five thousand two hundred and fifty dollars. That's a big for the education. Right. Yeah, oh, I'm definitely yeah, that's anything um, that's gonna assist with higher education at, you know, pre age, so yeah. I'm I'm impressed, and I think that's a that's a good thing that they're doing. Um, yeah, yeah. I applaud Taco Bell. Agree, agree. All right, so that takes us to our first break, real quick. That was our news for the night. Um, so this first song we're gonna do um, is called. Oh, let me say this: the news is I forgot to say the news is brought to you by uh, Master A Ball. So listen, y'all, this weekend. Um, we, I'll be in Oklahoma City for our masquerade ball. We're gonna have a really good time. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna Dougie. I'm gonna drop it like it's hot, um, and then I'm gonna need some icy hot. No. Uh, but we're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have music. Uh, D. Chappelle, DJ D. Chappelle is gonna be with us. Um, of course, the three of us will be there. We're gonna have a good time. So y'all have one day. So tomorrow at five o'clock is by five o'clock is the last day to get your tickets. Um, I will we'll post. You know, we've got the event on my on all of our pages, on the Scoop page, on the Global Drive page, uh, in the Scoop Nation, all over the place. Go and get your mm-hmm. ticket by, again, by 5 o'clock tomorrow, and then come and hang out with us in Oklahoma City on Saturday uh, at Asia Blue uh, for our Mask and Mystery Masquerade Ball. So, all right, so this next song, again, is... Jumping in, if I can find it. Um, come on, come on. There it is. All right, by Josh J, Josh James, and Jay Wash the Don. After this, we're coming back and we'll get into our discussion about um, the Me Too campaign. And so we want to hear from you. All right, after this song, 
We'll be right back, jumping in. Quite a bit of steam for quite a while. 
Um, Me Too has graced award stages. Me Too has impacted on um, a, on the March stand front. Me Too has um, crossed over to uh, it's Twitter, Instagram. It is a thing. Um, and for those of you who do not know what the Me Too, what the Me Too movement is, it is the movement that is designed to empower people who have been affected by workplace harassment, workplace um, sexual harassment, and um, further. Um, So what's been happening is people who have been affected by this have been hashtagging their experiences with hashtag MeToo. It's picked up steam. It's not uh, to celebrities. It is something that regular old people like us, have been also including themselves in and sharing their stories, and it's got a conversation going about relationships in the workplace, about and not only romantic, like platonic relationships, man-woman relationships, how we relate to one another, how we work together, um, the boundaries that we will and won't cross, the things, how this will affect us in general. Um, so it's it's been interesting in the in the different types of conversations that we've had within the scoop group. Um, like I said, this has been a long-standing topic. So we've gone from the comedic standpoint of you know <laughs> of this movement of oh well, I'm not talking to anybody. We've seen the memes where there've been the easels up saying if you're a woman, stay away from my desk. Email me this that and the other thing. You know, we laugh mm-hmm. about it. Then when we got to digging into the topic, we realized that many of us have experienced things like this or know people who have experienced things like this. And our stories um, were pretty touching as well. Touching is an understatement. But um, we found ourselves loving on each other and comforting and taking care of each other in the revelation of of this hashtag. So it's not something, it's not something that I'll produce to solely social media and it being a fad or something that's going to fade away. I think this is really making some impact um, in the nation. So what do you, what do you think about it, Wayne? You've been, you've been a man at me, so I'm going to go to you first. What do you, what is, what do you think about it? Oh, do you have to go to me first? Um, (laughs) Oh, go to Kim. Let me come, come back. Um, (laughs) So this I'll is okay. Go. Yeah, go, go, Kel. Yes. Go, go ahead, Kel. I'm going to give him a lifeline. <laughs> um, as far as the Me Too movement, um, you know, I you definitely want to see people unite when it comes to something so um, horrific that you know, and it was it was in the news and headlines from like October, you know, up until now, and um. I don't know if it if it still has gotten as much uh, publicity or if it has caused enough ruckus yet. Um, just even the articles and things that I've read about the Me Too movement is really bringing awareness um, to the situations that happen at work. Um, there's still a lot of, especially like in our generation from the ages 40 and beyond, that you know admitted that they have had some situations where they've been sexually harassed in the workplace, but it was just a thing that you know, you just ignore it. Um, so if it was someone, especially if it was someone, your superior in the workplace or workforce or not, they weren't going to say anything. You you know, you just didn't talk about it. You just accepted it. And, mm-hmm. you know, people talk about having to even avoid certain places at work or, you know, not wanting to be on the same elevator with some, type, some men and things like that. So 
You know, I definitely think um, it was a good move uh, to bring awareness. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if if it has, you know, gotten the results that that it should. I think it's still taboo because um, you're going to have, like you said, there's jokes and things about it. So you have people that are going to be um, so extra cautious or joke about it so much that it's still uncomfortable. So I don't think, you know, that it's gotten the results that we needed to have. But that's my take on it. Let me okay. So let me hold on. Let me follow up with a question. When you say, just so I, we're on the same page, so you don't think mm-hmm. that it's being taken serious enough? Is that what, what you're? Um, yeah. What you mean by it's okay? Exactly. By employers or society in general? I just think society in general. I think when it was hot and in the news and it was you know targeting celebrities, yeah, we were all, you know. We all had our opinions, and, you know, we were ready to, to fight the good fight. But once it faded out of the news, then that was it. So mm-hmm. if we're really going to bring about a change, um, I just don't – I don't know. I don't believe that it has has made that much of a change. So, yeah, I don't think it's been taken seriously like it should. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So okay, so here, here here's what I think. Um, I think that it has raised the consciousness. So I think we have to I have to look at I look at it from the perspective of anytime something new is introduced, um, we as a society go from one extreme. You know, we kind of go from one extreme to whatever the polar opposite extreme is, and we kind of try to some at some point in a lot of instances come back to the middle. I think that in this particular instance, uh, the initial responses that you saw were um, were that. And I do think, Kelly, that, that as it's fading from the news, we're kind of coming back. But what I also see from a lot of companies and a lot of corporations and a lot of organizations is I do see a lot more discussion, training, and things like that. However, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's to say that I think it's enough. I say it to say that I think that, that you're talking about a culture shift that would need to take place because, by and large, um, most of these establishments are still run by predominantly men um, who don't necessarily have the – I don't think have a complete or good enough understanding to understand how – Sometimes our even in our jokes that we come across. So I think we kind of we have to continue to have the conversation. We have to continue to um, have people who are willing to champion the cause, male and female. And we have to also be in a position where we kind of recognize that this is our tendency. Our tendency as human beings, as people, is to um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's to kind of yeah, it's to it's to do that to to one another. So mm-hmm. it, it's a start, but I definitely think again, I think that that we need to continue to talk about it. And I don't I don't necessarily I think it's gone away from the headlines, but I definitely don't think that it's gone away from in in, in the corporate world. So just from 
<clears throat> while we're talking about it, um, and Keith, you can answer this. Um, I mean, what what do you think this movement should do? Because I mean, when you think about it, we all at least have to take some type of sexual harassment course or uh, been given some type of information either as entry um, into a company or when things like this happen, you do HR, brush up on, you know, different policies and things like that, regulations, laws. What is this movement supposed to do or how would it, what do you think is strategy strategy to move us forward uh, with this movement? That's a good question, and I'm glad that you asked it because it kind of helped bring in what I was going to say as far as what your your two comments were, your you guys' comments just were. Um, I think that is designed for multiple reasons. I think it is going to do what when we're saying as far as bringing a different type of awareness to what harassment and um, crossing the line really is. For so long, uh, like what you stated, like, for a certain generation, there was no conversation about the harassment. It was just a part of what came with the job. It is it just it is what it was. You know, if you wanted to move on, if you knew you wanted to work, especially in men dominated, male dominated environments, that was just something you were gonna deal with. You were gonna deal with the the remarks about whatever you had on, how your shape looked in whatever it is that you wore. It was a ha ha he he and you move on. This has opened up conversation to get people interacting so that the conversations are happening so that you, in a way, in smaller, safe places that aren't workplace-related, so that I've seen a lot of my male friends, and I know you have too, go, oh, like I didn't recognize that that was over the line. And women have also been able to recognize where we have allowed certain things. Mm, I hate saying allowed. As soon as I said that, that wasn't the word. That I mean <laughs> Allowed isn't the right word, but we have um, accepted. Say it again. I was saying maybe accepted. Yeah, accepted. maybe accepted. You know, it's just been a part of what we what we do, and we we we've allowed it to just roll. It's one of those things we've ignored because it just is what it is. So the Me Too movement is allowing those conversations to happen in the safe places where we can say, you know. Yeah, it happens, but I don't feel good when it happens. And when you hear your sister, your best friend, your you know your coworker who you would respect and admire would like want to go in and somebody, if you knew that someone was disrespecting them, it has caused a lot of people who usually laugh about it to think about things differently. Um, Kels, what you said earlier, as far as people not really paying that, not really moving because you know behind this. I think it's because it was attached to celebrities at first. Um, a lot of people didn't take it as seriously, and that's so um, interesting because when it's regular people, it's not big enough, and then when it's celebrities, it's almost too big where we think, why are they whining? But they made X amount of dollars for doing X, Y, Z thing, and, oh, you felt uncomfortable for five minutes when, you know, like there's been all kinds of rationalization for what they've gone through. So for some level of people, it's, it's still not enough to really razzle-dazzle and shake some things up. But corporate America, the people who are, who who stand a lot of coin <laughs> behind it not being correct, they're doing some things in the background to make sure that it it, it can be um, avoided. Um, now, how deep they're going with that, how, how, how many 
lines is going to cross as far as the overall resolution? I don't know. I because you know companies are always looking out for themselves first and covering their liabilities and, and assets and things first. So I am interested in where it will go, but I think awareness is the root of it. I don't think there's some class action lawsuit or anything like that that's going to come of this. I think awareness is going to be the root, and, and I think that's what they should be working to make sure that the conversations are happening and that the people make the change. Um, we won't need the policies if we start the thinking. I think is where we're working. Yeah. That's what I mean by when I say systematic changes. I think that that's kind of where I'm getting to, that you can't regulate ignorance. You know, you can regulate mm-hmm. behavior to some to some extent, but to regulate ignorance, I think it's going to take a, tra- a shift in, in, in just people. So, and I think the in a corporate structure, let me say, I think it, it's one of those things that's difficult because Typically, the power structure in a corporate environment comes from um, like-minded people. And, and I, in my in my um, in my book and in my experience, what I what I talked about was how the, the farther up you go in corporate America, um, because everybody is already expected to be competent in in the field, it becomes less mm-hmm. about how competent you are, but more about um, who you know, who can speak for you in the room. Who can you know the, the relationships and what we would call networking type of, of things? And so if you're if you think that you're sitting in the room full of people you know who are your boys or who are part of your crew, then you know your language is going to be different. Like our language with our boys, with our girls, with our friends is different than what it is or should be at work because we think we're in a safe in a safe place. But sometimes those safe places lend to discussion and, and that's not healthy for they shouldn't be carried out in the workforce. Um, and so I think that's part of part of part of the issue is the culture. And so so corporations, entities, you know, nonprofits, whatever, have to have to decide that this is not just about, you know, Kelly, to your point, a training that you take once a year. But what this is is this is a complete shift in who we are as an organization. This is not going to be the DNA of our culture which if you take a step back means that now I have to change the DNA of who I am as a person because I, you know, because there's something that you just shouldn't say whether everybody else, you know what I mean? So now it's a heart change um, that, that has to take place. Now let me, now can I flip this real quick for a second too? Let's go. All right. So, <laughs> okay. So the other, the other issue that this brings to me is the fact is that is the, the, the fact that as a culture, we have become, um, what's the word I want to use? We've become, in this instance, very quick to make somebody guilty without facts. Mm-hmm. And so that concerns me as well because though a person um, should never get away with something like that, it, it is your know, person is, when, when, uh, when it comes out, the person is always or already presumed as guilty and there is no restoration, there is no restitution, there is no nothing for that individual through this through this in this type of process. And so that concerns me as well because though I definitely think it should be a safe place and it's definitely something that should never happen, what do we do when something comes up that's not true? How do we address that? 
when we have fired people or when we have smeared them or slandered them um, to the point where no one wants to do business with them. I mean, I don't, I don't think that. I mean, that's to me, that's that's. I mean, that's going to be hard to, um, I don't know, eradicate. Because um, in some in some cases, even though the person may not be guilty of what the charge is, there still may be some type of, um, I don't know, uh, non-compliance or some type of uh, being uncomfortable, you know, problems. But it it just may not be as bad as we thought it was. So uh, I don't know. It's 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 kind of a a catch twenty two when you think about the situation because a lot of times, like what I wanted to bring up too, was that you know we joke and we flirt even as women because one thing I don't like, well I won't say I don't like, but one thing I think that we ignore is that if the vice president is cute or fine, and he could say, you're looking good in that suit today, and it's all, it's fine because he's attractive. Mm-hmm. But let, you know, let the next vice president say something because he's not attractive, then it's sexual harassment. Right. So I just think it's, you know, it, it's a touchy subject, and, you know, I think that it is going to be an individual responsibility on what you, you know, what you do. And we should be able to uh, use discernment in these situations as adults. So even because I've heard, you know, I've had friends that said that they had, you know, a friendly type of relationship with a female. And I don't know if they just happened to say something that ticked them off or they were having a bad day and they were playful before. And then all of a sudden now they're playful the next week and it's a big deal. So, you know, it has to be some soul searching and some truth. Uh, from women too, if you're really gonna, you know, try to solve a problem, we can't, uh, you know, only want to file charges or blow the whistle on somebody because they're not attractive or just because we're having a bad day. So that it has to change on both sides. Mm-hmm. I agree. I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> there has to be a shift among both sides for sure. Um, because there will always be, um, I think there's always going to be, even in a perfect, in an ideal situation, there will still be those one-offs where an accusation will be made and it's incorrect or it's off or it's completely false, and we find out the details like we have in some of these stories, um, you know, where the the other side is given and it's shown to be un. They're not necessarily they're not um, reciprocated advances, but they're not harassing advances. They're just some you know they're just advances. And <clears throat> I think the workplace is one of those places that you can't regulate how humans really behave, um, especially when it comes to work, because a lot of the times, and depending on the industry, you will spend more time with the people that you work with than you do with the people that you hang with. So mm-hmm. there has there has to be an inside change to that, and I totally agree that it has to start, I think, in a lot of ways with women. With how we communicate, what is okay and what isn't okay, we have to allow a safe space for the change to happen. Um, we all have homeboys. We all have brothers, cousins, uncles. We have men in our lives that 
have come up in a time where the Me Too was not even thought of. That the locker room banter, whatever we call it, the boys' talk was okay. And we have to know that these are the same men that we are going to work with. They have the same idea, same ideals, same understanding that our brothers and the, the men that we love have. So instead of immediately going to accusing and flying off the handle, we have to find a space to have that conversation aside from everyone else. Like there's got to be tax done to it. And I know that that sounds so crazy, especially if we're the ones that feel as though we're being harassed or in that position. But yeah. some, someone has to make the move to make it happen. And if you, if we as the woman say, hey, you know, ha-ha, but no, that's not really as funny as you think it is, and I want to tell you why. I want to pull you to the side because I don't want this to happen to someone who doesn't care or that doesn't care if you have this job one way or the other. This isn't cool. You know what I'm saying? And then from there, if it escalates or if it goes somewhere and it does something that, you know, you're still in an uncomfortable space, then we escalate. Then we can do some things to protect yourself. And all times, protect yourself. But this is definitely a two-way street to resolve it. it. It's not something where we can always be the damsel in distress in the corner. Oh, I just, I don't know why. He just keeps coming by my desk. I just, I just don't. You, yeah. you know, because in 2018, we cannot be the the, the big-eyed, you know, the doe-eyed lady who just don't know why. You know, we know, we know. <laughs> so let's, let's take responsibility for that. We all, and the men have to be, you have to be willing to say, you know what, you're right. Like you, you're right, you're right, you're right, and 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 be willing to have that conversation or here. And if you or if you don't feel it's right, have a respectful dialogue so that there can be an understanding. Because some women come up in different situations and we take things differently. You could say a certain thing to me and I'm cool, but you say that same thing to my bestie and she has a problem. So there's sometimes there's a difference. And just how we interact with one another. So I think it all boils down to communication and the willingness to get to the bottom of it. But, like, with rape allegations, abuse allegations, with fraud allegations, like, with any negative, there will always be those who um, um, abuse it. And I think those, when it all comes down to it and and everything is proven and the investigations are done and it comes down to she's just a homegirl or whoever the accusing person is, that is wrong, I think they should have gotten, I think they should get the same treatment that whoever, if the person would have done the thing, would have gotten, whether it's termination, whether it's jail um, uh, time, whatever, legal jail time, yes, exactly. All of that should still apply because whatever damage could have been done to that person for committing that crime, you've done that in the public eye. And then, like, that, that still could possibly happen to that person. That damage is really, really done and hard to reverse, so hard to reverse. So, yeah, I'm, I'm equal opportunity and punishment. Yeah. Yeah, I, again, I, I think I just, I just have a – I think about back to – there was a, so a couple of years ago. Ooh, I'm going to share. There was a couple of years ago um, where I, I had somebody make a, make a statement that I had done something like that to them. And it was really weird. It was really weird and really uncomfortable. Um, and of course, it wasn't true. Um, but it really was just about them trying to, you know, be, save their job. But it's it's just a really uncomfortable thing that I think we have to um, work through, like you said, and make sure <laughs> work through and make sure that we have proper things in place, not just in the corporate in the corporate world, 
but in even like I said, in our homes and in our regular relationships where we you know, where mm-hmm. we're able to say, Look, that's not appropriate to say, you know, or I hope you don't talk like that at work because that's not cool, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. so it doesn't just have to be something that that you that's done on the job. And that's why I said it's really a heart change, it's really a, a training change. Um, you know, because they ain't telling you that stuff. In, well, they kind of, if you have Mr. Wallace, he tell you that kind of stuff. But outside of that, I don't think that there are many professors who don't tell you, you know, you can't talk, you know, that, that you have to be careful about what you say, uh, about certain things that you say. So, all right, we got to wrap it up. Okay, I have one live comment before we wrap. Um, LaVon just posted, she says, in my opinion on the Me Too movement is that we should continue to take it uh, to take to make it a conversation. As you know, history repeats. We've made a move in the past but in the past, but instead of continuing the conversation we allowed it to fade. And it seems to me it's refreshing itself with each new era of generation. <clears throat> by continuing this conversation, um, by continuous education and acknowledging the past movements and its importance to maintain a healthy workplace, I believe we as a society can minimize the harassment that men and some men, some that women and some men endure. I agree. I agree. It's a constant education. That's we've got to keep yeah. having the education. Yep. Mm. Thank you for your comment, Lavar. Good comment. All right. So. We are going to go ahead and bring this good old segment to a close. It is now time for our next song of the evening. It is Keep Smiling by B.J. McKenzie.
Coach Rattler, I was trying to be up after that segment. But after that segment, I'm like, we're going to need something uplifting. Let me look up the uplifting a little bit. <laughs> hey, before we went, we actually had a we had a we had a caller that I wasn't able to get to, so let me go ahead real so quick and take it. Uh, exactly and so Caller four zero five. And so Pat went over there and was like, uh, it was some kind of a miscommunication, but you guys still did good. So uh, <laughs> all right, so, all right, we gonna go ahead. Then. Let's see what has something else. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> okay, so we will move up right along to our next segment, which is the hot topic brought to you by Curvy Kitten Clothing, where self-reflection is perfection. Um, y'all hear it at the beginning of every show, Curvy Kitten. So if you want to show off those curves, get you some Curvy Kitten today. And our hot topic is um, was posted by one of our very active members, uh, Ms. Shamar, and basically the question says, let me get back, I want to read it the right way, let's see, it says, do you feel that there are just as many angry, bitter men out there than there are women? So, the question for Hot Topic is, do you think there are just as many angry, bitter men as there are women? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <laughs> the post. I don't know. Yes, I do. I think we all love, we all hurt, we all go through relationships, and I think just how women process pain, men can process pain the same way. Um, and depending upon how deep that pain is, bitter can definitely come from that. Um, it's not cute in either of us, <laughs> like at all. Men, women, whatever. Bitter is not always the most attractive trait, but it happens. It's a it's a natural trait. And yes, there are some bitter men. Yes, and I think it's kind of it's balanced. I don't think it's a off ratio either. Um, I don't. You think it's just as many bitter men as there are bitter women? Yes. That's what you're yes. Yep. I, if you ever sit down and have real conversations with men who trust you, like if you have the trust of a few good men, <laughs> they will really <laughs> share. <laughs> they can really give you the, the inside scoop on what pain looks like from a male perspective. And it doesn't look mm-hmm. like our pain. Um, it does. It definitely doesn't sound like our pain. But there is a real pain there. And, and, that's the, and those end up being the blocks that, so many of us run into and that frustrate us so much. But that is how we get those men. Um, and somebody did it to them. And they're, they're, that's what I'm saying. Like, we can't walk around and always feel as though we're the only ones that know pain as far as the heart is concerned. We're just often the ones that express it the most. Um, or call it what it is. You did this, it hurt my heart, and now this is why you have this me. We're 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 better at saying that because men aren't given that space in a lot of times to say that. So yes, okay, um, but it's, see, it's pretty but, cool. But I I don't I don't see that's the, that's the, the issue that I think uh, why people think that men don't get bitter because just talking about your pain to me is mm-hmm. not bitter. If I mm-hmm. say um, 
yes, I was in this relationship. It hurt me and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I got over it. But that's not bitter. To right. me, bitter is this person hurt me and now all people are bad. So right. if I were more, this man hurt me, now all men are bad. They're trash, they're dogs, um, and vice versa for the men. So I think that is where men don't think that they do that. They don't they don't see that they will, you know, generalize and say they don't like women like that. So what do you think? They have to be able to share. I, I agree with you. That isn't bitter. The communication isn't the bitterness. It's not being able to communicate it is what causes the men to be bitter and say, well, forget it. All of them are that way. You know what I'm saying? Like it's because of the mm-hmm. not being able to have that conversation is that what causes them to do the generalization. Because if they don't express it to a handful of people so that they can break it down and figure out that it wasn't all women <laughs> and you never let another woman <laughs> in that space, now you are, you can generalize that. That's what I meant by that, but that's a good call. You're right. Okay. Yeah. The communication is not the bitter part. That's what's healthy. <laughs> we want that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, to me, I, you know, I think, and I think some people said this even on the post, is, to me it seems like it's just now uh, becoming equal or that I'm just now seeing where it seems like certain uh, are, you know, men are bitter more than before. Um, yeah, and I mean, just honestly, that's my opinion. I don't know if it's just because, like you said, because of the conversation, and it's more conversation about feelings and, and things like that. Because it seems like relationships are at the forefront of our conversations, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> daily. So I don't know. It it does seem like there in the past has been disproportionate, but that's just I guess the illusion that it was. What do you think, when You're a man. What do you think? You got some bitter homeboys out there? Well, I have some bitter homeboys. Don't get it twisted. I, no, I don't have bitter homeboys. I know they are bitter men. Say that. None of my homeboys are bitter. Um, but okay. we have, um, I'm not going to say none of them, not be lying. Let me be truthful. Let me be truthful on this Tuesday. Uh, yeah, let me be truthful on this Tuesday. Yeah, tell the truth too. Yes. But what I, I think that there are more. I, so, Kelly, let me address your first statement or your last statement. I think the reason why it seems like there's more men now is because men are now talk are now saying it as opposed to holding it in. And so we're hearing mm-hmm. that more now as opposed to what we would previously. And I think that culture as a whole is now um, pressuring, good or bad, good and bad, men to be more vocal and communicative. So I think that's probably why it seems like they're more. Um, but no, to answer the question, I don't think there are just as many or more bitter, uh, angry, or bitter men than there are bitter women. I'm sorry, no. And, and because, let me go ahead and get all the way in trouble tonight. Y'all, <laughs> when, y'all, when y'all get mad, like, listen, it literally takes a visitation from the Holy Ghost and five other people for y'all to let it go. Y'all hold on to it. Y'all kill it, resurrect it, bring it back to life, flip it, reverse it, cremate it, bring it back together again, and then y'all still hold on to it. 
Like, come on, y'all, let it go. So, no, it doesn't. There are no y'all are y'all are way, way, way worse than we are at this. And it's a whole bunch of angry, bitter women out there. And the way it comes out, it comes out in a lot of different not healthy ways. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> the, truth, the truth makes us free. Uh, the truth makes us free. So you said there are more bitter women than men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we don't let stuff go. Y'all don't let it go. At all. Mm-hmm. But I, I, At I all. think it's just, it's just in the interpretation because even if even if a one if a woman is hurt and she's saying that she's hurt on every on in every conversation, it long, to me as long as she's not belittling or degrading um, a certain person or a certain type of person altogether, that's just that's not bitter to me. So I'm not that's not what I'm necessarily referring to. I'm saying that 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 you all will take it. And continue it, like not just because you talk about it. But I'm talking about we'll establish an entire um, dating relational. Um, what's the word? I, wanna, I, I don't want to say theology, but you know, like <laughs> whatever word around mm-hmm. something that June bugs on in the in the schoolyard, and you know, who wouldn't kiss you back? through saying in your face in the sandbox, yeah, like, lit is bad. It's bad. Oh, I we are not the only people that hold school type. <laughs> I didn't say y'all the only. I didn't say y'all the only ones. I didn't say that. Yeah. I'm saying you all hold on to it. more of you do it than mm. us. <laughs> Did you just hit me with the? Mm? Did you just hit me with the? Mm? But uh, look, even okay, Jamar commented on the live. She says, uh, "I believe this is to Winfrey. This is what I'm saying. Just because she said, why is it when we get mad we have to be bitter? No, when you purposely are trying to hurt someone because they have hurt you, then you are bitter. When we mad, we just mad. That's it. <laughs> no, and I'm not again. I'm saying that when what I'm saying happens is to to her to her her statement is. You all don't just get mad about something we did and tell us that what we did. I'm saying that you get mad about what we did and automatically relate it to what he did and he did and all y'all ain't ish. And see, that's what the last one did. And that's why I don't approach men and I don't talk to men. That's why ain't none of y'all nothing. And you got to cater to me for 24, 7 years before you going to ever get me to bring you a plate. Like, we just went through all that over that last plate. Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm referring to. If we do something, and I, fine. We, we that sounds like cataloging her experiences to me. She's being she's, – I just like I just like you just to re- <laughs> you just rephrase this. <laughs> Catalog I'm her experiences. I'm a bit of perspective. <laughs> if you have to think that you got, if you got, if she literally has that many experiences to draw from. At some point, a person has to then realize, 
one, that there's a, me has something to do with this. And secondly, like, these are still my experiences. Then we call her ignorant yes. if she kept jumping herself back out there over and over and over again and kept meeting the same situation and was not at least acknowledging it. Now, how we take action on, record, you know, cataloging our experiences um, is still, you know, can be, can be given some bitterness. But, shoot, I'm not going to do the same thing over and again and just being like, oh, it was just him. No, this type of person might be this type of thing. Like, and I think that's, that's not wrong, <laughs> if that's your experience. But if I take Kel's experience and Kelly, you know, Michelle's experience and my mom's experience and make all of those my experiences, now I'm messing up. I'm doing no, I haven't no, said that. no, 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 If you take your experiences and catalog your experiences, if you tell me that because I left the toilet up, I ain't nothing because Junior left the toilet seat up, and next thing you know, he was cheating, and John John left the toilet seat up, and come to find out he was in the bathroom texting another one, like, that is bitter and angry. What a, that's not cataloging experience. You had a flashback. That is called post-traumatic stress syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. And I, uh, but Shabar said when you were, she said you was cool, but now you generalizing. <laughs> Wait, the whole question is just now you doing it, man. The panda is bitter. But panda right, is I'm bitter. Now. <laughs> I'm not bitter. I'm cool. But, <laughs> I'm but right. even, even if you, even if you are bitter, even if you are bitter, as long as you don't let it, uh, you know, take over your life, like it's okay. If you want it to me, if you want to be bitter, let that person be bitter. I think you can make it bitter. That's a pain. It just needs to be healed. Is what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, but this is, I, I'm off of people. Yes and no. Know, <laughs> but I'm off of people being able to to live in their truth at that moment. So if a, if a person is feeling bitter at some point in time in their life, they may be going through a depression, they may be having some other issues, and if that makes them bitter, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, let them be bitter for a little while. Let let them wallow in their bitterness until they're ready to get out of it. I just think we try to, you know, make people feel like something is wrong because they've been hurt and now they're lashing out. If you don't want to talk to somebody bitter than you, then you move around. But if they're not ready to and come out of that bitter, that's part of their. That can't. might be part of their journey. But it's part of their journey. But at the same time, if you are if if you are projecting. And for any person, if a person is at a place where they are projecting their bitterness, anger, insecurity, hurt, if you make it a regular habit to do that, granted, we all have them. So if you don't identifying it is a great is a great first step. But if you're not prepared to say to when it happens, say okay, that you know what, I, I can't keep doing that because that is not healthy for a relationship. If you're not ready to do that, then you probably don't, you know, you probably need to just get somewhere and get yourself together. And that's okay. Again, it's okay to, mm-hmm. to, to be that. It's just not okay to make it 
everybody, that's too much pressure for somebody, you know, to have to deal with that this is something that happened to you that had absolutely nothing to do with me. And my only objective is to try to love you and grow with you and be with you. But yet I can't do that because I'm still having to, you know, deal with some other stuff. That's that's all I'm saying. I don't have to, you know, address. That's where you are. Cool. But mm-hmm. to project it on everybody else is not fair. And and that's for me and yeah. the It's I not fair to do that. Yeah, I agree. Y'all know my, my patience is real thin when it comes to energy. So if it's like for overall bitter people, like I, I agree into the point where it's human and we all have to go through it. Um, but I think there is still a level of responsibility, personal responsibility that we have for self and how we interact with others socially. So if I'm in that space and you're, you know, I think that if it were me, if I'm in a bitter Face, I'm not going to continue to put myself in a position where I'm around those things that make me feel bitter, or I'm around people who I feel I have to constantly communicate X Y Z thing makes me feel this way. That is not fair to those people who are just trying to hang out. Um, and if I was on the receiving end of that from someone that I love, I'm not going to necessarily cut them off. I'm not going to you know reprimand or anything like that. But there would, I feel, for my own self-care, and I think other people should try, because that can be so draining. That can be extremely draining to have a person who's constantly in that negative space, pulling from your your life. So, you know, that would be a time where I'd have to say, hey, sugar, (laughs) you know, like, let's, let's talk about this. Maybe they need a little push to get the rest of that on out, but if if that's where they insisted on being, and that you still in that space and you still going through, yeah, I'll be there. But I don't. <clears throat> I think that's self care to not continually put yourself in that position to be pulled from like that. Yeah, I'm not going. That you only get so much of that, and then I'm checking in, and then I'm checking. I'm going back to my but, happy place. But going back to the question, I think that it's it's very important that men. These men that are saying that they don't think that it's that many bitter men or that, you know, there's more bitter women, I just think mm-hmm. it's time to realize that if you, if you, every conversation you talk about a woman like a dog or all, yeah. when, you, when you say all women are, just like if a woman says all men are, whenever you use all and categorize one person, that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the sign of bitterness. So, I mean, yeah, you got to start realizing when you, if a one, if a man, come, if if we're talking about, let let me just, okay, let me just be real transparent. It's it's not trying to be PC, okay. <laughs> if, if you're on post every day and the only thing I see is a negative comment about women and you are a man and all you all it is is a negative comment about women, you sir are bitter. I don't care I agree. if you marry, agree. single, got a girlfriend, got the agree. best girl. I mean, you just. Agree. I mean, you just yep. have to. You gotta. You gotta own up to it, and that's. I think my question keeps coming up because men don't think that's bitter. They think they being real. Oh yeah, but if no. you you could be real and not and not down, you know, talk down to a whole group of people. Agree. So, Go ahead, well, I agree. I that's that's, that's, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just saying. No, I'm, I'm a man to you. I agree. I mean, let's let's I, I, let's be let's be clear. We see a ton of angry and bitter dudes in in the group. 
So we we don't even have I don't even yeah. have to front. It's a ton of angry and bitter people. Um and, and so that's not I'm not suggesting that they're not that that type of man does not exist. I'm not at all suggesting that because it's some it's um that needs counseling, Benny Hinn and and something. It's it's a it's a pro, it's definitely an issue. I'm not saying that. I'm saying again, I was just answering the, the question. Um, but no, it's it's a ton of them, and I would say that again, if you can't see the the good in a in a person or in any woman or any person mm-hmm. of the opposite sex or even in the same, then that's a that's an issue. If, if all of your relationships um, in the same way, that there's an issue, right? And it's probably you. Yes. You know, so <laughs> I, again, I'm not saying that men are not. I'm what? just saying more men. Like I said, that they can trust, and that's it. Mm-hmm. 
and then be patient. You know, give them space because they're going to just like anybody else. Like I was joking with you about the whole PTSD thing, but we have it. We we can, if you're that type of person, you're going to have those moments too where you just don't spaz out or you're going to have a moment and just be patient and loving and let us come out of it. So, But, I mean, I don't think you can – I don't. I really don't think you can date a bitter man, though. No. I think you can date a bitter woman, but I don't think you can date a bitter man. I don't think it's possible. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think. Like I said, I think it's. I think it's difficult to date either person that's bitter. Either person, because it, again, it, it's difficult because you constantly have to walk on eggshells, and yeah, it's just too much. Too much. <laughs> It is too much. Like, you, know, you, make a, you make the wrong joke, you make the wrong joke, and they mad at you. Like it was just a joke. Wait a minute. Right. Tay says that uh, <laughs> that we can't help uh, men until they acknowledge that they're better. So maybe we'll get some people who who will acknowledge it moving forward. I don't know. Yeah. It's gonna be like pulling teeth. But um. Yeah. Let me. Let me say this. Uh, oh, shoot. I was about to read a comment. I lost it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Hold on. I had I had one. Um, oh, I lost mine, too. That's a shame. I wonder, I wonder yeah. when, when we say that, though, like, Men, bitter men are dating, but I don't know. Are they really putting themselves out there and, like, really, really dating? Because a lot of men will say, because it is all women, they don't really take anything seriously. It's a lot of serial, I don't know, if is that really dating? Because now we have some that are, like, in real life whole relationships, married and, and, and or in super established relationships that we can all tell that there's something going on. But in the in a general sense, I think those end up being the players, and a lot of the times the, the you know what I mean. I don't know if that's even really considered yeah. dating. It is, but it isn't. You know that's that that's yeah, that no, plan. No, you know, this what you get a lot of the times with a man that's still going through something and trying to in, in that better space because he doesn't want to do the dating stuff because that's how the heart gets involved and then we're back in the same in, in their mind, the bitter person's mind, they're back in that same loop again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. I, I would definitely say that there's a, probably a, a group of people who, who would, you know, who want the, who want the sex and the, the, the fun parts of it but don't mm-hmm. want the real, 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 real close intimacy because, you know, right. because I'm, not, I'm, still, I'm still hurt. So, yeah, I could see that. Mhm. Agree. I was all right. One comment. Oh, is it time? We still got a couple minutes. Uh, one comment uh, says that it seems subjective, and there was some conversation about that. Um, I did. I think it is subjective, but still, people have to, you know, be realistic about what is really what bitter really is. A lot of I did see some comments that a few women said that um, men that are bitter they're really mean. <laughs> they're journey. Yeah, it comes yeah. out differently. I agree. Yeah. Super mean, yeah. like unnecessary. Like, why are you trying to hurt me like this? <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it right. can be yeah. and real random. You know, bitter is random. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, Kelly. Yeah, like, is, is one of my ex girlfriends on there? Some bag. They, they, they uh-huh. That's why. Like I went through. I ain't gonna even lie. I went through it. I can't even front. I did. I was mean when I was like, when I was still angry and bitter. Like I was, I was extra mean to people. Mm-hmm. I can't even front. And they want to disguise it as the truth. All right, let me go check your live and make sure ain't one of my my exes ain't on there trying to tell my business. <laughs> well, while we are checking, the other girls have infiltrated my live. Uh, it's time to move on. Again, it says it was. I'm delivered. I'm coach. delivered. I'm delivered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by Curvy Kitten Clothing. Um, this has been the hot topic. It has been fun, like always. Uh, so now we're going to move on to our next uh, piece of music. And this is called Lit uh, by John Carrillo. Uh, we ain't here to play them games. We just a bunch of sinners that been delivered in Jesus Christ's name. And then we start to aim for them lost souls, let's claim. See, it's a wide road to the flames. And that truth coming is not sugar-coated. Them haters gonna hate to get rejected at the gate. If you not lit for my Lord, you can skate. We rolling with a bunch of sinners trying to break them chains. Let me make this plain. TLC the name. Winning souls the game. I don't want the fame. All we need is 10 deep. Praising like PV. Breaking down strongholds. Turn them to a TV. Jesus never failed me. So I love them deeply. Nothing you can say to me. Man, I've been set free. I don't think they hear me. With a beast in the streets, then he saved me with his grace and mercy. Yes, man didn't give it, and man can't take it away. We still live for the Lord, let me tell you. Staying strong on his word, cause he's coming soon to take us away. We still live for the Lord, let me tell you. Labor for the Lord, he won't lead us astray. We still live for the Lord, let me tell you. Satan out here tripping, he don't wanna hear what we say. We still live for the Lord, let me tell you. Yeah. So dear father, I repent for them sins that I'm committing Please don't close some curtains, give me time I'm hurting I'm trying to spread the gospel but they keep on reverting Back to this day, stop judging, no one's perfect I'm getting weary of this nonsense, I would love to quit People don't want deliverance, see they just want to sit They don't want a full course meal, too much seasoning I'm about to flip, Motorola in, yeah I hate sin with a passion and I admit it And if I get caught in it, tell us where I'm headed there's no excuses from the street to the pulpit. I'ma stay lit for my Lord straight away. Go. Eat the word in the morning like a baker. They could call me psycho. All in my cerebral. Christ on that high throne. Me, I rode so low. All up in that jungle. Gotta spread that gospel. Man didn't give it and man can't take it away. We still lit for the Lord, let me tell you. Staying strong on his word cause he's coming soon to take us away. We still lit for the Lord, let me tell you. Labor for the Lord, he won't Lead us astray. We feel this for the Lord, let me tell you. Satan out here tripping, he don't wanna hear what we say. We feel this for the Lord, let me tell you. Man didn't give it, and man can't take it away. We feel this for the Lord, let me tell you. Staying strong on his word, cause he's coming soon to take us away. We feel this for the Lord, let me tell you. Labor for the Lord, he won't lead us astray. We feel this for the Lord, let me tell you. Satan out here tripping, he don't wanna hear what we say. We feel this for the Lord, let me tell you. (laughs) 
All right, all right. That was our last song of the evening, I believe. It was Lit by John Carrillo. I like that. Me and Kels both were commenting on how it had us kind of bopping a bit. I dig that. I like that song. All right. So now, <clears throat> it is one of my favorite times of what we do here. It is our time to bring on Miss Cicely Victoria, our passion talk. Um, sorry, passion talk with the fire starter, Miss Cicely Victoria. Um, Cicely gets us right on together when it comes to our life and I'm excited about this topic this week because it's going to pull in our Me Too and just, like, button it up in only the way she can. Tonight we are talking about the need and the risk of speaking out. Um, I know she's going to take us deep with this, so I'm so, so, so excited to bring and present and welcome Miss Cicely Victoria to the show. Hey, Sugar. How are you? Hey, honey. How are we doing, Pudding? I am good. I am good. Good, <laughs> good, good. What up, my squad? Not to exclude any of y'all. All y'all my puddings. All y'all my puddings. Thank <laughs> y'all my pudding. My winner friend, my pudding. All y'all my puddings. <laughs> Don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. Mwah, right back at you. And what's up, Sue Nation? Okay, you're the reason why we're here. Hello. Hey. Um, it is time um, for our passion talk. This is your girl, Cicely Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International. My business tree is to help train and equip people to find their voice of identity so they can stop people pleasing and be empowered, encourage confidence and communication. I am a certified professional coach. I'm a counselor as well. I am the queen of empowerment, and I set people's lives on fire for a living, and that's why they call me the fire starter, you guys. Welcome to Passion Talk where we give you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. So on this segment, on this Transformation Tuesday, hello, um, of Passion Talk, unfortunately I wasn't able to listen in earlier in regard to the discussion, but I'm sure it was great in, uh, in reference to the Me Too movement. I'll definitely have to catch the replay of that, but I did want to, as Q was uh, stating, just to add my two cents to the pot in regard to uh, voice, really, okay? And so the need and risk of speaking up and out. Yes, the need and risk of speaking up and out. There, um, it involves both. And so I want to start off this segment in saying that your voice is the most important voice in your life after God. In my humble opinion, okay? Your voice, I'll say it again, is the most important voice in your life after God. Um, But most people, unfortunately, never come into the realization of that, have never been taught that, have never given a revelation of that. So I just want to uh, empower those in the space of their voice on tonight. Due to the reality that identity crisis is at an all-time high, I believe, in our world, I would equally say that the lack of empowerment of one's voice is also at an all-time high, um, causing there to be a great need of speaking up and out at the same time uh, is also a great risk or even threat in speaking up and out because it's not particularly a popular behavior, I would say, especially for a woman. Um, Otherwise, she may be deemed as too strong and sometimes even masculine and not playing according to their stereotypical societally ordained roles. 
And that is a whole nother discussion. But that contributes to the hashtag MeToo movement as well. So I want to just offer three needs and um, three risks of those needs in regard to what it's going to take in order for you to get a better handle on speaking up and out. This is both for men and women because these um, issues will plague them both. At, uh, and could at some point in time in your life. Need number one, starting at the um, in childhood, okay? So the need that we have uh, is to do a better job in society with healthy transitioning from youth to adulthood and creating a culture for healthy transitioning from youth to adulthood. That it's a greater need in our society. Listen, if you're not a young person that has been taught to use your voice and the importance of your voice, then most likely you will be an adult that does not know how to use your voice as well, unless you have an intervention. Okay, age does not create empowerment, all right? It does not. So if you are trained and cultivated in being a passive child, if you will, then more times than not, then you will grow into a passive or worse than that, maybe a passive-aggressive adult due to not having the space to be able to utilize your voice, okay? Speaking from personal experience and being raised in a performance-based upbringing, which I was, with no healthy voice development, which many black urban children at least are. I don't know how they do it in the suburbs, but at least, you know, black urban children are not brought up with a healthy voice development. That is breeding and training ground for what I call people-pleasing protocol, which in essence is being taught to follow or follow through but never to lead. Okay, people-pleasing protocol is, in essence, being taught to follow or follow through but never to lead, not even your own life. Parents, I admonish you, I'm very passionate about this, even without having children of my own. You must create an environment where your children are taught that their voice is valuable at a very, very young age. Because of the detriment that I can speak personally from my own experience of not even discovering, not even um, getting familiar with um, the practice of utilizing a voice. Literally, I wish I could say I was exaggerating, probably well into my 20s. It was, it was that pervasive in my world that I was taught and trained to be a follower, taught and trained to obey, taught and trained to do and not to say, taught and trained to not have an opinion, taught and trained to keep it quiet, you know, your voice doesn't matter, as many people are. Whenever, and that's why I do what I do today, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. But this is, I say, the fault of a parent who has neglected the value of their child's voice in giving them space and opportunity to be trained and cultivated in the art of using and utilizing that voice and speaking up for oneself. So, parents, we have to do better with that, and you cannot be in a position where you're an insecure parent, maybe, and just passing on the book as you were taught it and being intimidated or insecure in raising an empowered child. Okay, 
you got to create an atmosphere for that because typically it's not cultivated because you you think that it's going to be an intimidation factor or that, you know, your child will attempt to buck up against you, and that's not necessarily the case. It's a lack um, mentality and a lack posture, and we have to do better now because that child is going to grow into the adult that I was speaking of. Now, this risk, okay, in doing that, is that we have to dispel the cultural myths that children are to be seen and not heard. That is a cultural myth that we have to unravel and undo with a vengeance. Because, uh, as we know, our children and our youth are our future. Yes, that's what we say. That's the cliche. No, but it's real. Okay, and if we don't um, take intentionality, the energy, the time, and effort to be intentional, especially with our children, in cultivating the future that you want to see, we're going to be in a whole heap of trouble. That's us, we seniors, who will be seniors, okay, in 30, 40 years out. (laughs) That will be depending, right, on the children that we either cultivated or lack thereof, and then that will be determining what we will see later. Okay, need number two. Need number two. We have to do away with what I call eggshell syndrome. Eggshell syndrome is propagated by bullies. And even loved ones, hear me, even loved ones who are self-deceived of their oppressive behavior. Okay? So meaning, again, my personal experience lived in an environment where I had a loved one, okay, my mother, for example, um, who propagated this eggshell syndrome, okay, because she was taught it probably in her abusive household, and the, you know, generational lines go on and on, but now it doesn't mean that they don't love you because they are bullying, Okay, or because you are talking about bitterness, right? Because they're mean and bitter. Doesn't mean that they don't love and they don't care. It means that they're self deceived. And uh, many of them don't even know of the magnitude in which they hold what they hold and they possess. So we have the need to do away with that and make sure that um, we can hold people more accountable for their behavior. It's also the beginning point of the building maturation skills. Due to the cultivation of people-pleasing protocol, it will equally groom one in having the art, in the art of having eggshell syndrome, which is doing whatever is necessary to not ruffle any feathers. That's the premise of eggshell syndrome. That's what it looks like. Whatever it takes not to ruffle any feathers, right? You're afraid to voice anything that may be deemed out of order because you're under the thumb of an aggressive or passive-aggressive controlling authority figure. Listen, in my youth and young adulthood, okay, as I mentioned, I used to avoid conflict like the plague, okay, like by any means necessary because an eggshell syndrome will by in part create what's called a turtle syndrome. And a turtle syndrome is when you crawl into a shell of invisibility anytime there are harmful conditions around you, Okay. So we need to address that. Now, the risk of addressing that is the commitment, and this is the hard part, to consistently use your voice even when it results initially 
and probably for some time before it begins to turn, it will result in more contention, more strife, more conflict, and you may even suffer loss. See, that's the part we don't like. But when you're coming up against monsters, okay, that have been ruling and reigning in a space for some time, you have to equally, if you, if you um, ascertain to defeat this giant, that's even in your own personal life, you have to commit to the pushback, the kickback, right, the resistance, the contention. Ain't nobody relinquishing a land easily that they've dominated in for years upon years and hundreds of legacies and generations um, from before you. What? What, just because, you know, you, you, you feel a certain type of way? Just because you're in your feelings? No, it doesn't happen that way. And, see, that's the risk that we're going to have to be willing to take if we're going to deal with the need of dealing with bullies that have been in our society, racism that have been in our society, uh, eggshell syndromes, turtle syndromes, people-pleasing protocol, et cetera, et cetera. Lastly, the need that needs to be addressed in regard to speaking up and out, is the need of developmental skills for your own leadership identity. Even if it's for your own life, everyone is a leader, even if for your own life, okay? Before you lead anyone else, you're leading yourself first. So these developmental skills for leadership identity will help you to transition from what's called level four energy living to level five energy living. We've spoken a bit about this in the past. I'm going to uh, remind you just a tad of what it is. And then it's also the need of maturation of these conflict resolution skills. So if you have the intention of being an impactful leader in any measure, you must get accustomed to getting to know your own voice from among the rest of the noise of society, and then you have to honor it. Meaning what? Your voice has to be fortified and built up to an extent that it now becomes distinctive, okay? So it's not just, you know, chatter and aimless, you know, ramblings amongst the, the rest of the crowd and the rest of the noise. No, it's a voice that makes a difference. It's a voice that matters. It's a voice of influence. It's a voice of impact, okay? It's been said, and the mothers you know, that are on the line can attest to this, I've heard that a mother, and I know mine can and did when I was younger, can identify their child's mom, mom, yep. Yep. mama, Mommy, whatever that is, they can identify their child's voice among a room full of other children, probably of the same age, but they know their baby's voice. Aside from that is something of a leadership quality that is in that mother that they're familiar enough with that voice that is distinctive. It makes a difference in their life, aside from the other moms that are being called out. Listen, level four energy honors the voice of everyone else first. This is where we need to get the difference. Level four energy honors the voice of everyone else first, and then it adjusts to its tone, their their tone, their volume, their language, according to the voice of others. The messaging is as long as you win, that's all that matters. That's level four. And level four, just don't do it anymore, okay? You can tweak that. Okay, level five, <laughs> energy knows that my voice and what I have to say in a matter 
that will impact me is just as important as the next voice. So we remember the messaging in level five. We all win or nobody plays, right? At previous, okay? What's that? Level five energy is saying that my voice and what I'm saying is Level five energy knows that my voice and what I have to say in a matter that will impact me, that's the caveat, you're going to be directly impacted, okay? So your voice should have some, you know, say in the pot, at least half of it, okay, if it's two people, then it's just as important as the next voice. So your voice is just as important as the next voice. We all win or nobody plays. At previous was building conf- um, conflict resolution skills. We did that in the um, the second tier, doing away with the eggshell syndrome. But now we're maturing our conflict resolution skills. This is a different level. Maturation of conflict resolution skills, now you have the opportunity to not only distinguish, quote, unquote, bad from good, but now you have to distinguish good from best. That's a total different level. That's a total different reference point. You have to distinguish now as a mature leader what is good from what is best, okay? So now the risk of doing this, the risk of doing this, okay, you're going to risk being misunderstood. You may even risk having your name slandered, okay? You're going to risk being talked about because you're operating at a plane. Do understand the majority of the population of humanity that never reaches, okay? So that means you're foreign. You might as well start calling yourself alien because you are too different, right, to relate to the subpar, mediocre, um, Business as usual, community of population of the world. So, yes, you're going to be misunderstood. Yes, your name is going to be slandered. But as I mentioned, as I started this segment, your voice is the most important voice in your life after God. So I admonish you to use your voice and to make it count. Any questions, comments, or concerns? That uh, that people that people pleasing protocol. Whew, I need to like sure. write that down. I'll put it on the shirt and pass it out to the folks because <laughs> I, I'm glad yeah. I, I have a time for it now because I have been wondering why do Good. people do to their own detriment? How do you do that to your own demise? To your own detriment. There you go. There you go. Whoop. They're stuck in level four, Kels. That's level four mm-hmm. living. They have no revelation of value or quality or esteem of their own regard. And so they give it away constantly. They give it away. They're already in the negative, but they're they're still aiming to give something away that they don't even have. So it's really not even real. (laughs) Real talk. Yeah. Yeah, it's real in the field. Anybody else questions, comments, or concerns on the feed? This is good. Hey, you guys, we have to learn how to utilize these voices, you men and women, okay? This is not just a women issue. Many men, okay, are stuck in the syndrome of passivity because they have been accustomed to being beat up on so much by female figures, by society, by the world, by inner turmoil, by generational trauma, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
okay? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it is working against um, the whole model that we need as far as building proper and orderly and healthy community. It's a trap. And it's a trick. So we have to take responsibility for ourselves, as you all were mentioning earlier. Hey, that bitterness has to go. It's only so long you can play that card until you have to get yourself healthy, okay, and get it right on behalf of those that still need it. It's enough bitter people in the world, okay? That ain't nothing new, all right? So get do something that nobody else doing. <laughs> Let's try health for a change. Let's try, you know what I'm saying, using your voice to, to build up and to add to for a change, right? There's a scripture in the Word speaking about, you know, we should speak except not but to build up and edify. How many times can we say that about ourselves? Listen, I can go on and on about this. I'm going to check out of here because Winifred going to uh, pull my coattail. Now, <laughs> listen. Okay, <laughs> listen, I love you guys, Scoop Nation. Listen, I'll let your girl, you guys, you want to find out more about this or whatever, cislyvictoria.com, C-I-C-E-L-Y, victoria.com. You can find out more about me. Please like Passion International and continue to follow me here on The Scoop. I love my squad. I love you, Nation. Um, until next time, uh, we you have been a part of Passion Talk. We've given you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. Stay in purpose, stay in passion, stay and power and stay on fire. I'm out of here. Love you. Mwah. Yes, great show. Um, definitely love this piece uh, with uh, Passion Talk. Uh, it spoke to me uh, personally that I can hopefully can pass it on the right way to the next person. So please, 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 if you like to please follow Miss Cicely. She is definitely on fire, and she brings the fire to us every other week. Um, keep in mind, we do have the Cuddle Kittens um, Youth Conference coming up, Embracing Empower Youth Conference, where young girls will learn about um, entrepreneurship, uh, self-esteem, anti-bullying, uh, physical activities, arts and crafts, college prep. We're doing it all. So um, I have been asked about ages, so don't even worry about the ages right now. Just hit me up. If, if they're not within the age group, we have room for them. So, oh, the Back to My Roots show, uh, March 31st, the Encore. Look uh, for those tickets. It'll be on my page. And above all else, be productive for the rest of this week. Mm-hmm. See you next week. All right. I am looking forward to seeing everybody this weekend. I know Wynn is going to tell us more information about it, but know that Friday, Saturday, you have opportunities to hang with the Scoop Crew. So um, listen up to Wynn for details and that. Um, definitely go support Kells and sign your babies up for the Cuddle Kittens Conference. It will be balls. I'm so excited to be a part of it this year. Um, so, yeah, do that. And also elegancebydesign.com. Thank you, Sugar. Say 15% on your first order. That's all I got. All right, guys. So, real quick, um, we are having the word on Wednesday. Tomorrow, Pastor Burns will be on starting at 7 o'clock, so make sure you tune in. He's going to continue in his series on the book of Acts. Um, Nouveau Exposure Magazine, if you not have not downloaded our uh, magazine, please do so. It's free. It's good. 
Um, so go to www.nouveauexposure.org and download that today. Um, also, we have uh, a new Facebook page that's just for the Scoop Radio Show. So if you have not, um, if you have not followed that, if you're not following that page, please do so. Today, same thing with Instagram, the Scoop Radio Show. Um, you'll find both of them. We want to make sure that you don't miss anything. So please go and do that today. Last but definitely not least, um, again, don't forget, tomorrow is the last day to get your tickets for the Masquerade Ball. Y'all, I'm telling you, it's going to be off the hook, so you want to make sure that you get your tickets. Friday night, the Scoop crew and the Scoop Nation, we're going to be supporting um, uh, uh, supporting off the hook um, in Oklahoma City, their south location, I believe it is. Um, so Friday, if you are uh, if you want to go, please, you got to go and RSVP so we know how many people are coming. Um, but we want, again, we're going to be at Off the Hook Friday evening. Um, and who knows what kind of fun things we might do when you get the scoop crew together. So uh, come and hang mm-hmm. out with us. We're going to eat. We're going to hang out and have fun and, um, at Off the Hook. I believe we said 630, I believe is what we said. But, I'll, yeah, I want to say 630. If it's wrong, I'll put If that's wrong, I'll post it. Um, but other than that, have a good rest of your week. I really, really hope to see you guys if you're in Oklahoma City or around Oklahoma City. I hope to see you this coming Saturday. I hope you have a good time. Uh, and last but definitely not least, have a good week. Uh, thank you to everybody who tuned in on the live. Thank you to everybody who tuned in online. Thank you to our callers, Carol, you. I appreciate you, ladies. I love y'all. Y'all, again, remember, listen, whatever you do, do it with a pure heart and do it understanding that we are all in this together as a community. Tell me why you're here love. If you could just give it, I should just stand it while you stand it here. First you say you're with me, and then you try to diss me. So I try to keep it low when you knock me to the floor, cause I don't want to cry tears. Would you believe this love is forever, girl? And would you Yeah.